Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Moses the Mentor. This is episode number four, and it's called Equity versus Property. This is the classic debate of whether or not you should pursue rental properties or stocks. So I want to be breaking this down and having a great discussion with you. And let's just get it started. So the first thing with stocks, right? So stocks is a it's a roller coaster. There's nothing stable about the stock market at all. And it's a dynamic world where fortunes are essentially being exchanged every day. And that's something you have to understand when you invest in stocks, that millions and billions of dollars are being exchanged every day. You know, you're going up a slight percentage point here, uh, going down a percentage point there, and that equates to wealth transfer at a tremendous amount of money. Like, you know, you can't even fathom the amount of money that can change with a percentage point adjustment. But what can happen is, is that it's so liquid. It's so easy to make money. And on the backside, it's so easy to lose money. And this is the reason why you have to be extremely careful when you're investing in the stock market, right? So that wealth transfer is happening real time, like literally minute by minute, second by second, you can lose everything or you can double your money, triple your money. And we want to talk through some of that, right? So you have a huge potential for high returns when you're dealing with stocks, because again, you can, you know, do your, uh, late work and do your studies on a particular company or industry and make a relatively small investment, whatever you can afford at that time. And if it's the right stock at the right time, you can explode your returns instantly. That's something that real estate, it's not going to happen that fast. So stocks are a very liquid asset and that could be positive, but that can also be dangerous, right? So liquidity and flexibility is a big one. You can also have a diverse portfolio as well, really easily. You know, you can sign up for a brokerage account in minutes. You literally, you know, purchase stocks from energy to technology, to utilities, to medical, and really just have a diversified portfolio in many different areas of the economy. And I'm talking about doing that in minutes. So you can really kind of sit back and let a company do the work while you make the investments and let the, the money potentially roll in. So now with the cons when you deal with the stocks is that the volatility is real. Uh, the volatility is something that if you're not prepared for, you're going to really lose a lot of money. I talked about this in my last episode because when you, when you start to actually invest, you have to be prepared to lose first. And that's, that's a real thing because with stocks, when you buy a stock, you don't earn money or lose money until you sell. So if I purchase a stock for a thousand dollars, even if the volume drops to $500, that is called unrealized losses. And I'm not actually losing that money yet. I haven't lost it until I sold it. So from the moment that stock drops to $500, it can easily go back up to $1,000 and then you're even, and then it can easily double from there. It's still unrealized until you sell the asset. When you Go into investing in stocks and you're really not playing with money that you can afford to lose. I promise you this. It's happened to me, right? 
you're going to go nuts because of the volatility of the stock. You know, constantly seeing that the stock price is going up and down is going to drive you nuts because you're going to say, wow, I can't afford to lose my money. And that's why I surely suggest that you only invest money that you can afford to lose, period. And you also invest money that you don't need to access for the next year at least, potentially even two years at least, because there's so many factors that's going to go on with the company and within the industry, within uh, the government, that you might have a great stock on your head. It just might not be the right time. So when you make a purchase and you invest, that's what investing is. It's not to see that immediate return, right? You have some opportunities where you can do a quick flip. But again, those are experienced people. And sometimes people, they get lucky. I'm speaking from a general rule that when you're investing in stocks, you need to be prepared to lose it all. Now, if that means you can only afford to lose $50 today, then that's all you should invest in the stock market. Now, granted, $50 is not going to yield you a lot of return, but I just want to illustrate to you that don't let anyone tell you that the stock market is automatic. Because it's not. So you need to be prepared to put your money in and let it sit if it has to. You know, it's all about time. You can't make an emotional decision based off of how the price is fluctuating because there are people in the stock market that, that are all playing different games. Some people are super wealthy. Some people are money managers. Some people are uh, maintaining retirement accounts. So you and your little money in the grand scheme of things is not going to move the stock market the way some of these major players will move it. So if the time calls for the stock market to move because of this major shift in capital, you're going to get trounced. So what needs to happen is it's like, okay, this is not my time. What will happen is I just need to stay, stay put and let the waves settle. And then what will happen, it'll circle back and maybe your industry, your stock that you've chosen is in the right position to actually skyrocket back up. I also want you to not be oblivious about how the stock market works. So I would strongly suggest to only invest in stocks that you really know what the company produces. Because what will happen is in this day and age of social media, there can be a tweet about a company that can potentially come across negative and their stock can just go down significantly. But if you understand fundamentally what the company produces and their services and understand their leadership you understand their balance sheet. You understand the potential drivers that can move this stock in the right direction. If you've done your homework, you shouldn't be wanting to sell that stock. You should be wanting to buy it because it's all on sale, right? So just think about anything that you know front and back. And think about if it went on sale 30, 40% off, how fast you will be like, give me that. You know, I want it right now. That's the same way you should look at when you purchase in a stock. When you purchase that stock, you say, listen, I purchased this stock for $20 a share because I believe it's worth $20 a share or more. So if an event happens and it's not really an operational business type of event and it's more just social media stuff and the stock drops to $15 a share, why wouldn't you double down and buy more? 
right? That's your time. That's your opportunity. If you bought it with a straight face at 20, if it drops to 15, you need to be online. Those are the type of things that you need to make sure you're, you have the knowledge to really make sure that you can zero in and take advantage of those opportunities because the stock market is so emotional. And again, there's winners and losers literally every second. So you have to just state your claim to, hey, this is the stock I want. I bought it at a great price and I'm going to hold it until it reaches a certain price point that I want. And so that's why you have to really stay on top of that. So invest in things you know. Think about it five years or more down the line. So say, man, you know, would this company really be necessary five years from now? Can I really foresee this company being a a major player in the space or potentially uh, another space that's growing? Invest in those companies. You know, if it's a company that's really stale, like it's stale today, imagine how stale they're going to be five years from now. So really think about those things. That's key. Um, the stock market is also susceptible to global events. Uh, we're a global economy. You know, the United States might be the biggest fish in the sea, but at the same time, we're a major exporter to all these other countries. So if they're experiencing economic hardships, it's going to impact our ability to make capital. So that also has a strain on the stock market. So you can't be oblivious of what's going on outside the country. So that's key. So. Another thing I want to point out, because people ask me this all the time, is about the stock price, right? So the stock price can be very tricky to someone who's not familiar with the stock market. The price in itself doesn't represent whether or not a stock is more valuable than the other. So let me give you an example. A stock might have a price of $2 per share, and that same $2 per share stock might be significantly more valuable than a company that has a hundred dollars a share. So you might say, oh, two dollars a share, that's cheap. Not necessarily. It all depends, right? So what happens is when a company goes public, you know, they have their initial public offerings called the IPO. And for easy math, I'm just going to use and say, hey, the company is worth a thousand dollars. So there's a whole effort on how to value the company. It's a lot of major financial players that gets involved. It's audited by multiple different agencies to make sure and they come up with the best value that they can, right? So let's just say for easy math, you know, um, my company is worth a thousand dollars. It's then upon me and my board to decide how many shares do I want to offer. So again, for easy math, I want to say, we're going to offer 1,000 shares, okay? So my company is worth $1,000, and we're going to offer 1,000 shares. So that means that each share is worth $1. Hopefully that makes sense, right? So then my competitive company is worth $500, okay? They're worth $500. That's their market cap. So have you ever heard of market cap? That's short for market capitalization. And just another way of saying how much your company's worth. Okay. So my competitors worth $500. Yet instead of them offering 1000 shares, like I did, they're offering 100 shares. Their $500 market cap 
and then a hundred shares equals a five dollar per share stock price. So my company is worth a thousand dollars, but my stock price is one dollar. And then my competitor has a market cap of five hundred dollars. On the surface, people might assume that everything is on an even playing field and that the five dollar per share company is easily the more valuable one. But in the example that I just given, you can see that that's not the case. Renting properties give you a tangible asset. You know, so unlike a stock where you're buying a piece of a company, rented property, you are the company. So that's another thing that I really like, the fact that it's my home and I have full control over it. You also have uh, the potential for steady cash flow. So unlike the stock market where you can lose money in seconds, it's not like that in the rental properties, right? You also get tax deductions and benefits that you're not going to get with stocks. And the reason why you get these tax benefits is simple. You know, the government incentivizes rental property investors because you provide a service for their citizens. So that's the reason why we get tax deductions and different benefits. You have more control over your investment. So again, when you invest in stocks, you're literally buying a piece of a business, but they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like you're literally pouring money in and whatever they do with it is what they do. You're completely passive. You don't have any control on how that company operates. Some of the cons here for rental property investing is that, you know, it's going to require a significant investment. So for single family, uh, it's 20% down. For multifamily, it's 25% down. There are some exceptions, but for a general rule, you should be looking at 20 and 25% respectively. Now, versus stocks where you can literally go and buy a stock for $5 and get started. Now, you're not going to make much money, but you can get started for literally a dollar uh, when it comes to stocks. Um, as far as the management and the maintenance, so again, you know, on one side, the pro is that you like the control factor, you want to be materially involved, but on the flip side, you're responsible for those things. And if you don't want to be responsible for maintenance and upkeep and administrative items, you're going to have to pay someone to do that. Both of them offer the potential for long-term growth. So stocks offer ease of entry and exit. We talked about that while real estate requires a more of a long-term commitment. And being more specific, not just real estate, I'm talking directly about rental property investing. You can say, hey, Moses, I really would love to own rental property, but I just can't deal with the day-to-day. I can say, hey, what type of rental properties would you want? Oh, yeah, I just would love to have you know, multifamily properties. Oh, okay, say no more. Cool. I'll send you a list of multifamily REITs. And from there, you can buy a share of a REIT that specializes in multifamilies. Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> so you can definitely do that. You can invest in REITs that specialize in single family homes, multifamily homes, commercial properties, retail, office space, mobile homes, storage facilities, pretty much every type of uh, property where you're collecting rent there's some type of REIT that will specialize in it and that will help you um, actually be an investor completely passive, completely. Because all you would have to do is just buy a share of that company 
and you're rocking and rolling, you know? So it's a way to get the feel of the stock market, but your product is rental properties. So your product is storage units. Product is mobile homes. So that's a way that you can actually invest in the stock market, but still have your product be centered around real estate. And I think that's a great uh, compromise, a good blend. So to sum it up, both asset classes offer its unique benefits. And I'm a rental property investor to the ball. I love it. But I understand that there's things that I do naturally and things that I have a knack for or a patience level that might not be for you. That's the reason why on this podcast, I like to give options. I don't want to say only do this, only do that. I do this, I do that. It's about options. And the most important thing when you wipe it all away is that you have to do something with your money because your money has to grow faster than inflation. Let me say that again. Your money has to grow faster than inflation for you to actually have a leg up. You have to make sure that your money is growing faster than the rate of inflation. Inflation is that invisible tax that's walking alongside you, that's making everything more and more expensive. And your money is literally losing value every day. So if all you do is buy liabilities, if you never invest in assets, if you just say, I'm going to put my money in a shoebox, you're setting yourself up for failure. So let's make sure that we invest somewhere. May not be stocks, may not be the rental properties. Hey, I'm open to it. Go ahead and hit me up. Drop a comment on my YouTube. Email me, mosesthementor.gmail.com. Visit my website, mosesthementor.com. Let's talk. Before you go, please make sure to subscribe and also add me to your favorite podcast applications and share with your family and friends. You know, really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Moses the Mentor. I'm signing off on this episode. So stay invested, stay informed, stay focused on your financial journey. Peace. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Money Focus Podcast. And if you're a visual person, I have great news for you. You can head over to YouTube and head to my channel, Moses the Mentor, and you'll find every single episode there to watch. You can also look in the description of this video for a link. But again, you can watch this full episode on YouTube, Moses the Mentor. Check me out.